When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Zach Rosenblatt here with Mike K. We're back for another episode of the No Huddle Show here at Novacare Complex. This is our preview episode, day earlier than usual. Some travel things going on, so we won't be able to do it on Friday. But we're both headed out to Minnesota pretty soon. We're getting a nice little preview of the weather here today. It's a little windy and cold, and I think it's going to be in the 40s in Minnesota. Not looking forward to that. But um, we got some updates today. Uh, specifically about Deshaun Jackson. You know, we talked about this the other day a little bit. Uh, we both don't think he's going to play this week. It, Doug made that seem pretty clear. He wasn't at practice today. Orlando Skandrick, this is what, we're, we're recording this on Wednesday, by the way. Um, Orlando Skandrick wasn't at practice. Uh, can't imagine that's a serious thing, but the fact that he's not there is a little strange. But Deshaun Jackson, I mean, at, at what point do you think, maybe it's already there, but at what point should they like prepare for like life without not necessarily like never plays again, but I don't know. Like he, he was great that first week and then he has this lingering injury and there's a good chance that when he comes back, he's there's a, he can re aggravate it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think there needs to be some sort of contingency contingency plan. And I, I think, um, from their perspective, the gate, the, the field's shrunk. Like, like they, they're they're not able to target anyone downfield other than rookie running back Miles Sanders, who uh, Carson Wentz even said you don't want to overdo it with that yeah. um, because of the mismatches and taking away the illusions and, and possible... Yeah, if you're doing it a lot, then it doesn't catch the team by surprise as much. Right. Yeah. Um, you want somebody who can win automatically with their matchup every single time they run a route. If you're, you want that deep threat guy, I do think it's time for the Eagles to kind of scour the trade market a little bit, but you know, Deshaun is a guy that even if he's not getting open, he still commands. Double yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's, it's, it's a situation where even if he comes back, maybe he's just a decoy, just getting him on the field. Yeah. I think that's the issue. It's not necessarily his production. It's his presence. That's the problem. <laughs> and I think, um, if he's not back by Dallas, I think you really need to look into making a trade because Realistically, you you while we said they can go one and two and during this stretch, realistically the best possible scenario is going two and one at minimum because that sets you up to potentially win eleven games this year. And you know when they get back home for the next three game stretch, they're facing three playoff teams. So I, I think you need to make the most of this stretch while you can and pull off some upsets. So to give you an idea of how bad the receivers have been. Deshaun Jackson is second among the wide receivers in receiving yards still, and he's basically played one game. Um, Nelson Aguilar leads with, like, 180. I, I was looking at Dalvin Cook's stats. Just, like, by every metric, he's been amazing. But So he had he's second in the NFL in rushing, but he also has 200 receiving yards, which would rank second on the Eagles to Zach Ertz, a.k.a. he has more receiving yards than all of the Eagles wide receivers, and that's while getting all of those carries on top of that. So that just kind of gives you an idea of, like, the dire straits right now and and, you know, you're talking about trade, and it's funny, just like an hour or two ago, I saw this article from Gil Brandt on NFL.com. He 
he proposed uh, A.J. Green trade fits, mm-hmm. and he had the Eagles in there. Um, they're going to be mentioned for any receiver that like that. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how that would work exactly. That if they were trading for A.J. Green, there's a good chance Deshaun Jackson is probably not coming back this season. I feel like. Well, but also he's got his own injury woes. He's yeah, exactly. He's not even healthy. Injury. But yeah. but yeah, I mean he's obviously one healthy, a top five to ten most talented receivers right, in the sure. NFL. I'm I can't I don't even think it would necessarily take that much to get him honestly just because of the injuries you're going to be a free agent. Um, so I'm curious like what the Bengals would if if they could buy low on him maybe you just do it anyway. I don't know. That seems like a Howie type move to buy low on a talented guy even if he's banged up. For sure. Uh, um, I I mean look there are very few deep threats like Deshaun Jackson so you're probably yeah. going to have to. And you're not going to get a Deshaun Jackson. Right. You're going to probably have to trade speed for route running or or size or whatever. There's going to be a guy who is appealing from another point of view. It's just probably not going to be as appealing from a speed perspective as Deshaun is. Um, The thing is about an A.J. Green trade, you need this talent now. You need this guy in the building. You need him to be able to pass a physical. You know, we keep talking about the cornerback thing. I think Corey Unlund's done a fantastic job given what he's had to work with. And you can trust him as a coach. Right now, Carson... Uh, Walsh, I don't know what he's bringing to the group. I'm not calling him out. I'm not saying that he's you know bad or anything. I'm just saying he's also a, a first year wide receivers coach here, and and in general, I mean he only coached in the CFL before, right? So yeah, I think he was like a special assistant with yeah. Chicago. Um, so I just think you need to help him out as much as you can. It's very clear that Carson has a lot of trust in Alshon Jeffrey and Zach Ertz. Outside of that, I'm not sure he has a lot of confidence in anybody else. Uh, and why would he? <laughs> right. I mean, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside dropped some critical passes. Nelson Aguilar had the fumble. He's dropped some critical passes. He's, he's you know, we talked about him a lot in the last podcast, but Nelson's kind of like a man without a home right now. Yeah. Um, not that he's not contributing because he is a good blocker away from the ball. He's been very good as a decoy in uh, fake run gadget plays. But they need somebody to step up and make big plays down the field. And Miles Sanders has caught three passes of over 30 yards. And he's averaging 13.3 yards per catch, which is the highest average outside of Deshaun Jackson at this point. When you're running backs that guy and he's only caught 10 passes, it's a problem five games in. Yeah. Are there any receivers that? Because I'm, I'm just looking at like the some of the bad teams. Like, is there anyone that comes to mind from those bad teams that you think a week or two from now, if they feel like they really, because they're running out of time to do it, it's the end of this month. I mean, Devontae um, Parker's interesting. Devontae Parker, Emmanuel Sanders would be interesting. Hypothetically, you probably have to get rid of Aguilar at that point because he's a slot receiver, right? Right. Yeah. Um, a um, guy. I just. I mean, this would be a very buy low. Uh, but Dante Pettis, he's as fast as like anybody in the NFL. I love Dante um, he's he's barely played for. I think he's like in the doghouse. Yeah, he had a brutal drop the other day. Um, so he kind of fits here perfectly, I guess. Yeah, but, I guess. But I mean, and he, and he would solve return problems because he's a really – in college, he's one of the best returners I've ever seen. He's one of my favorite he's, So he'd problems. be like a buy-low type. Uh, they missed the window to buy-low on John Ross, it looks like, even though he's hurt now. Yeah. But he was looking pretty good. Um, look, Stephon Diggs has been the guy that's the obvious one, but they obviously wouldn't trade him this week because they're about to play yeah. each other. Uh, after this week, though, that could be interesting. I doubt it happens. Um <laughs> Was there anyone else on the Dolphins? No, Kenny Stills would have been the guy. Your boy Alan Hearns. <laughs> uh, he's like he was yeah, no, killed no, a couple no, weeks he's, ago. Yeah, he's not coming. Here. Um, he's also not fast. No, 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 any, not any, at all. Yeah, he's not a fit by in any stretch. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't no, know. Oh man, their receivers are bad. Wow. <laughs> you know, maybe you could take a 
a look at, at some guys that are deep on depth charts, but yeah, just one thing. That's kind of what well. I thought about Dante Pettis because he's like because they have a bunch of guys there. Yeah, I mean, look, there are teams that are not doing well that are going to want to trade off assets. It it's just. It's a matter of finding the right guy. I don't think trading for Zay Jones would have done anything. The Raiders did that earlier this week. I don't know what they're doing. Um, well, I think it's because uh, Terrence... Uh, yeah, Terrence... What's his uh, name? Uh, Williams. Uh, Tyrell Williams. Tyrell Williams yeah, yeah. is injured. But, um, you know... Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if there's like a go-to team for trading wide receivers at this point. Typically, if you're bad, yeah, you yeah, have yeah, bad yeah, offensive yeah. talent. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah, it's not like the Jets really have anybody. I mean, Robbie Anderson, but I, yeah, Robbie like, Anderson, I, I, just, I don't point. know if that's still like a thing. Yeah. I think Joe Douglas likes he's been pretty, him. He's been pretty bad this year, but. Yeah. I mean, the Eagles held him to 16 yards. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, if he can't get open against the Eagles wide, or Eagles corners, I mean, how are you going to expect him to be a go-to guy? You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but it definitely feels like a spot where if the guys keep on performing like they have, how he's going to go out and make a move. Like, that just feels like a thing how he's going to do. Well, here's what I find interesting, right? It's, like, he trusts the big-bodied receivers, so I don't know if it's it's a matter of, like, so Goddard, Ertz, and, and Jeffrey, maybe you kind of, like, reverse course, and it's not about speed, and you just play bully ball, and you try to trade for a big guy who's a who can go up and get the ball. Um, you know, there are several guys like that around the league. It's just a matter of, are they up for grabs? Yeah. And the next couple weeks are going to be very, because I think how he's going to, over the next week or two, kind of figure out what exactly he needs to go get, especially as these guys get healthier or don't get healthier. Well, and I also think I, I wouldn't blame him for being skittish about a midseason trade after what happened with Golden Tate. Uh, yeah. You know, so there, there's that. And then I also think, you know, you wrote a really good column today about how great of a trade and how great of an asset Jordan Howard is. Um, it's looking like one of his best trades ever, but... I don't know if you can find that similar value at, at the wide receiver position. Yeah, that's a good point. Especially once it's in season. I mean, Deshaun was kind of like, they got him in that kind of value too this offseason. That looked like it was going to be a great trade. If he can get back, it still will be. But yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of how he's forte is he trades third, fourth round or later and he's kind of steals somebody from another team that you mm-hmm. kind of don't expect. Um, all right, so, so today Mike Zimmer... You were at. You saw the Mike Zimmer conference call. Did, did he talk about anything particularly interesting? I saw it. You heard it. Oh, well, you, yeah, well, you, like, saw, well, you saw the phone. Yeah, <laughs> I, I did see the phone. Um, yeah, <clears throat> he said that he felt like Jordan Howard added another element to this running game, and I think, or just kind of opened up the offense because of the, his ability to fall forward and break tackles. He said something interesting, like you could tackle him uh, around eight yards out, and it's second and two. You know what I mean? Like he'll 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 pick up yardage after contact. Uh, he talked about Andrews and Dejo. He made a joke. He's like, "I'm sure he's singing like a canary to you guys," which I thought was really funny. To us, no, but maybe the coaches. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was asked about you know if he was worried about Zendejo passing on some facts, dropping some knowledge about the Vikings defense. He said that they were going to adjust accordingly. But outside of that, Mike Zimmer really didn't have a lot to say, as you could probably imagine. Yeah. Um... So, D- Dalvin Cook, uh, I did mention him. I should say, Doug Peterson brought up, he was asked about, I should say, about how the Eagles famously like really wanted to get him in 2017. Mm-hmm. And two picks before they picked Sidney Jones, the Vikings swooped in and got him. Did they trade up and get him? I forget. Yes. They did trade up. Yeah, they jumped him. 
I mean, he, I mean that dude's an absolute stud. He was banged up his first two years, and now you're kind of seeing what they've been missing with him being hurt well, the last two years. Yeah, you bring you brought up a great point about the receiving game, but the reason why he's so good at picking up receiving yards is they use screens a ton. Like I think they use like at least a half a dozen screens against the Giants. He's very good at using that as an extension of the running game. So it's not like he's going out and catching passes down the field like Miles Sanders, but what they're doing is they're setting him up well with blocks. Their offensive line is very athletic. They'll get in front of him. It's the Gary Kubiak system, so there's a lot of zone blocking. Um, And I think what's happening is teams are – what's happening is Kirk Cousins, they're doing a lot of built-in – bootlegs and rollouts and that's getting defensive linemen kind of in space and monitoring the quarterback and I think he's able to get the ball out and uh you know Cook's been very patient in following his blocks and it's worked out I mean he can break tackles in the open field too it it is like a fun what if like thinking about if they had gotten Dalvin Cook Mm -hmm. because first how that impacts that draft so you don't get Sidney Jones um, you probably still get Rizul Douglas then in the late third round. You don't need to draft Donald Pumphrey in the fourth. I, mean, I, I looked at some of the guys that are available after him. It's not like a crazy talented group, but like George Kittle was there. There's a few like interesting defensive backs. Uh, that's probably the direction they go. Um, and then you don't sign LeGarrette Blunt. You don't trade for Jay Ajayi. Like it's just like one of those ultimate like what because they were so close to getting him obviously and they really wanted him so. Yeah, I mean, overall, though, I would say... Uh, oh, it worked out okay. It, it I'm worked. saying, it's just like... Yeah. I mean, Davil Cook is better than J.J. and Lear Blunt combined, of course. <laughs> I think I would trade having a running back yes. for a Super Bowl. Yes, I mean, for I, sure. <laughs> and that that's kind I of... I don't know about you. That's kind of been the running line that they've they've had in general when everybody's asking about running backs. Like, oh, we did okay with the, with the committee. And I think they're back to doing okay with Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders, yeah. which I think... And this is like a legitimate one-two punch, too, because that, that was more like a four-person thing. They would rotate everybody in. Yeah, I think I think they've mitigated the damage of not getting Cook for sure. I mean, great. I, I, I mean, I, I mean, would you say th- these two are more talented than the group that was there in twenty seventeen? I feel like talent wise, statistically, yes. Yeah. So, um, if you look at the Green Bay Packer game, their combined production, uh, the trio of Corey Clement, Ajay, uh, Ajay, and Legarrette Blount, only exceeded that once. Yeah. So and they were in together for ten games. Yeah, and these guys that was basically their like That was oh, their fourth. Yeah, it was their fourth game at first time when they were both like heavily featured too. Right. So yeah, I mean I think as a duo they're more talented than the trio or quartet that yeah. that they and have. also that kind of ties into why I think it'd be smart to just lock Jordan Howard in. I agree. He's like first first of all, I didn't I didn't realize this until I looked. He's only twenty four and he's in his fourth year, and Miles Sanders is twenty two in his first year. So he's young. And yeah. he has I mean he's already had a lot of tread on his tires, though he had less carries last year. Um, but yeah, he's 24. Uh, even like at the very high end, his contract, I can't imagine he would make much more than Mark Ingram got on his contract. Just based on Mark Ingram is more maybe a little more. I don't. He's not more proven because Howard's numbers are pretty crazy. But he's he made three. He made three years. Hair. Three years, fifteen million dollars. Like if you can get Howard for six million a year with the amount of cap space the Eagles are in line to have, I think you can afford to do that. Maybe you put a bunch of it on this year, so. You know, reduce the cap hit or whatever. But I, I just think, you know, Miles Sanders is going to be really good. He's flash talent right now. But why not just have the best two guys in there? And, and who's to say that Jordan Howard 
won't be the best running back three years from now between those two guys. Well, and I think he's. I think it makes sense for him to resign as well because it'll prolong his career. I mean, you know, having a two back system as opposed to being the guy um, will help. You know, help him take some wear and tear off. Um, part of the reason why Ingram's still effective so many years after being drafted in the first round is because. Uh, you know, he was typically featured in a tandem, whether it was with Darren Sproles or Mel, or, or, or uh, Alvin Kamara. Like, he's had the opportunity to, to kind yeah. of split the load as opposed to being the guy. For sure. All right, let, let's get into a little preview action. We can start with the Eagles offense versus the Viking defense. What's a, what's a matchup you're looking at? Alshon Jeffrey versus Xavier Rhodes, okay? So, last week, Alshon Jeffrey was mostly covered by Tremaine Johnson. They did a lot of, like, immediate throws at the line of scrimmage, hoping that Jeffrey could break a tackle or two and pick up some yardage from there. It worked. It was a mixed kind of work for him. I mean, he didn't get over 10 yards on any of them. But, um, you know, I think they're going to have to do that here, too. Xavier Rhodes is a big corner. He's six foot one, a uh, little over 200 pounds. Um, they're going to have to get the ball out quickly here, especially because of the way that the Vikings like to blitz. Anthony Barr and Eric Kendricks are pretty good blitzers. Um, and I don't think there's going to be a lot of shots downfield. I think they're going to have to rely on the running game. And Jeffrey's going to have to catch the ball and then break some tackles. Like, that's really going to be what it comes down to from that matchup. Um, I'd also say uh, Daniil Hunter on the opposite side versus uh, Lane Johnson could be a make-or-break matchup for this offensive line. They've kept Carson Wentz clean for the last two games for the most part. They need to do that in this game. Again, blitzing is going to be heavy. You need to know where who your assignments are, and you need to stop the front four of the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, so I, I looked at it. Uh, I went through the Vikings' uh, pro football-focused stats just for, like, their main guys. Um, looks like Xavier Rhodes relative to like his career is having one of his worst seasons, at least so far. He got beat deep. Yeah, he got beat. He's given up 200-something yards. Um, he had a bad game against the Giants, actually gave up a touchdown, I think, to Darius Slayton. Yeah, and it was, it was a brilliant yeah. throw by Daniel Jones. Yeah, so he's beatable, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, as you can see from the NFC Championship game two years ago, yeah. uh, he got beat pretty good. Um, how, do you, how do you say his first name, Hunter? Daniil. Daniil. Uh, he's 34 pressures, so he's like top five. I think he has five sacks. Everson Griffin has 27 pressures. He's pretty good. Livnall Joseph is okay. He's not like that much of a pass rusher, though. He's no, he's a great run. Yeah, great, great run stopper. Um, there's two safeties have been among the two best in the NFL. The Harrison, Harrison Smith. Smith and Anthony Harris is the other one. Well, Harrison Smith's always been great. Yeah, he's always yeah. been great. Yeah. I, I've never even heard of Anthony Harris, to be honest with you, but it looks like he's having a good year. And Eric Kendricks has been graded the second-best linebacker in the NFL so far. And uh, Anthony Barr is having kind of a tough season. Yeah, Anthony Barr is kind of like an up and hit or miss kind of guy. Yeah. He can blitz well. He's just not very good at stopping the run. I'd say, you know, with Eric Kendricks, he you could, he's actually pretty similar to his brother, Michael, who everyone here is very familiar with. He can blitz well. He can cover. He can do anything. Uh, two UCLA linebackers, by the way. Yeah. Um, I, Anthony Barr was there when I was covering Arizona. Yeah, I did a story on, with uh, when I was in Jacksonville Miles about Jack, yeah. Miles Jack reuniting with the two guys that mentored him. Barr, the Eagles would have played him last week if he had kept true to his original agreement because he signed with the Jets, oh, right. remember? Yeah, good call. Good yeah. call. Yeah. Um, probably would have been a star on their defense. Anyway, um, I think defensively they're good. They're not great. You yeah. can definitely score on them. You can run on them. Um, they are ranked ninth in the league against the run. 
part of that is due to them blowing out teams when they win. Yeah. Um, you can run on this team. I, Jordan Howard has topped 100 yards in three of the six matchups he's played against the Bears. That's a good stuff. Um, he's also caught uh, 61 yards as well in the receiving game. Yeah. He only had one bad game against the Vikings during his tenure, and that was two years ago when he was held to nine yards on nine carries. Wow. Uh, that said, that was towards the end of the John Fox era. They were bad. They were a bad offense. And the Vikings uh, defense is better that year too. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, it was 2017. Yeah, that's so it was the year of the NFC Championship game. Important to note, Jordan Howard in Week 17 of last year, helped the Eagles get into the playoffs because he had 109 yards oh, wow. and two touchdowns against the Chicago Bears. You mean and against the, the Vikings. Or for the Chicago Bears, yeah, yeah. against the Vikings. The Bears won 24-10, to 10, wow. despite the Vikings playing all their starters and the Bears not needing to win that game. That's a good note. So now he can go you know, kind of repeat history, but mm-hmm. from, a, from another backfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm playing... He's doing uh, a lot of stuff with his doing, hands. Doing stuff with my hands. But I, I just thought that was a great statistic that you can read more about on Thursday morning, which is today, because that's when we're posting. <laughs> um, so go to NJ.com. Is what yeah, if you're hearing a lot of movement, it's because I'm working <laughs> while we're talking. Um, so, yeah, I think they'll be able to run on, on the Vikings. Passing could be a problem. Xavier Rhodes, they're going to have to kind of scheme up. Like, you know, the Vikings even admitted that, that – Doug Peterson did a great job of scheming up against them in the NFC title game. I wouldn't be surprised if they did a similar approach with Carson Wentz that they did with Nick Foles. From a defensive perspective, their offensive line is not very good. You can attack and you can get to Kirk Cousins. Cousins does get the ball out quickly regularly, but there are also times where he'll sit there in the pocket and just wait for things to develop. They're going to work a lot of crossing routes. They have a lot of guys that can get yards after the catch. Thielen... Or, sorry, Thielen and uh, Diggs in particular. Kyle Rudolph's always a problem in the red zone. This is going to be a tough test. I mean, it really is. Like, people can make fun of Kirk Cousins all you want. Uh, this <laughs> He's is had good games against the Eagles. Yeah, he has had good games against the Eagles. They're going to roll him out of the pocket pretty regularly on designed rollouts. That's going to be difficult for Brandon Graham. It's going to be difficult for Fletcher Cox. Um, you know, I'm interested to see what next steps Josh Sweat takes, what next steps that, um, you know, Deshaun Hall and Derek Barnett take. This could be a big game for Derek Barnett if he's up to the task. I think overall, um, it's just an interesting matchup. I think it's very even. You'll see when we, or you'll hear when we do our predictions how close it will probably be. Um, I'm expecting kind of a low-scoring game in this one, but I do think it'll be close throughout. All right, I'll, I'll just go through a few of my notes that I put down from the PFF stuff that I was reading. Um, their their offensive line generally, like across the board, hasn't been as good as in actually no, it was pretty bad in years past. So maybe yeah, it's been a little better, honestly. But Brian O'Neill's been like their one consistent guy. Uh, Greer Bad Bradbury, their rookie center, has been pretty bad relative to their pro football numbers. You think he's given up like something like four sacks or something like that. Um, so it could be a big Fletcher Cox day potentially. I don't know how they are on the interior in general, but. Um, I'd say that. But uh, Kirk Cousins is off to his worst start since 2014, uh, according to their grading system. He was really bad against the Packers. He was regular level Kirk Cousins bad against the Falcons and the Bears. Um, and he was, like, fine against the Giants. and He was pretty good against the Giants, but they have a really bad secondary. So he hasn't, in typical Kirk Cousins fashion, he hasn't been good against anybody good. 
So, yeah, so it sounds like him. Yeah, he, I think he has a losing record against winning teams in his career. Um, he has been pretty good on deep balls. Uh, he's really bad under pressure, but most quarterbacks kind of are. Um, and you were saying how he throws the ball quickly. So when he when he throws in less than two and a half seconds, he completes almost eighty percent. And when it's more than that, he completes only sixty percent, and that's where he's thrown both of his interceptions. So if they can make him either hold on to the ball or sack him, then they're going to be in pretty good shape. Yeah. Also, homecoming for Andrew Zendejo and Craig James. That's true. Yeah, but Craig James was on the Vikings, and also just like some of these Dalvin Cook numbers are pretty ridiculous. He's Pro Football Focus has him as the third best running back. He averages almost six yards a carry, which is like wild. Um, like four point seven is really good, and that's what Howard has, and he's a full yard and a little bit more than that. He's uh, averaging almost four yards after contact, which is also phenomenal. Um, not only yeah, so not only is he a strong running back, but he also is like the fifth most elusive running back in the NFL. Um, and by the way, his backup Alex Madison is actually yeah, he's really yeah, good. he's really fast, and he's he's kind of like a dangerous guy that in the past has had like big games against the Eagles. Mm-hmm. So he's somebody to keep like it's not just Dalvin Cook. They just have a really good running game. Um, and pretty amazing stat is um, more than half of his yardage has come on runs of fifteen yards or more. Mm. So he that dude like when he when he gets yardage he gets a lot of yardage and it really gashes the defense which is why Mike Zimmer is just basically chosen not to pass the ball and that's kind of why John D. Filippo got fired because he wasn't running it enough according to Zimmer. Well, I, I think too if you can make them one dimensional and take away Dalvin Cook and you sell out on Dalvin Cook, which Jim Schwartz is going to do. Spoiler alert. I think it helps you significantly. Thielen's obviously a great talent at wide receiver, but Kirk Cousins has shown when he has to be relied upon, he kind of shrinks under pressure <laughs> a bit. Um, I don't expect there to be a lot of turnovers in this game. Uh, Dalvin Cook hasn't he hasn't fumbled a ton in th- this season, but he had some moments against the Giants where he put the ball in the dirt. So I think uh, that's something to look out for. Uh, Again, this is a really even matchup. Like I, I can't emphasize. So, that so give us your prediction. What do you, what do you got? I think I, I'm trying to remember what I wrote down, but I'm pretty sure it was twenty to sixteen. Yep, Eagles. that's what you had. Um, I think the Eagles need to do what they did against the Packers and hold this Vikings team to field goals as opposed to touchdowns, and I think that'll keep them in the game. Uh, this is going to be a big game for Jake Elliott, who's been perfect so far, but he's only really attempted five. It's been low goals. pressure for him so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the game for him. They'll be in a dome. There should be no excuses. Um, I don't think going back to the site of the Super Bowl has really been that big of a narrative for this team at all. Yeah, they've downplayed it quite it, a bit. Not just downplayed it, they just don't even seem flustered by the conversation. So I think um, that's kind of out of the realm. Uh, I, I just think, like, you have to dominate the red zone in this matchup. Whoever dominates the red zone is going to win this game. And I think that team will be inevitably the Eagles. I think when you look at all three of these upcoming matchups, they're pretty evenly talented teams, but you're playing a team on the road. And you've got to be able to handle that adversity of playing on the road, playing in a hostile environment, because these are three really good fan bases that bring the heat and bring the the distraction. So I think the Eagles are game for this game. Game for this game. Game for this game. <laughs> and I, I, I do think I think they come away with the win, but it's a very, very close one and not one you feel very comfortable about ending into the fourth quarter. Yeah, I, I have basically the same score as you have Eagles twenty one, Vikings seventeen. I'm always wrong about the score, so you're probably gonna be wrong too since we're that close to it. <laughs> um I, I just think that ultimately it's gonna come down to Kirk Cousins having to beat the Eagles because their their run defense 
for all the injuries they've had and Fletcher Cox working his way back, like they've just shut down every single rushing attack. I forget what the exact number is, but I don't think any running back has had more than 60 yards against them. It might even be less than that. Um, Dalvin Cook's definitely the most talented one, I would say, that they're going against, but I still think they can stop him. So if they, if ultimately, if they can pressure Kirk Cousins to some extent like they did Luke Falk last week, I, I, I don't see any way they lose this game. Maybe it's even a, a wider gap than I said. Um, so I'll end with that, and then we'll and let me read a few comments we got from our last episode real quick before we go. Um, Bradley Slusser about Nelson Aguilar said he's always going to be inconsistent, good and bad. Uh, that's that's true. Skylar Allen. Uh, oh, he said Skylar Allen says he's a guy. He's a guy. It said way too much. How about saying he's a dude or he's a man every once in a while? Love the show because <laughs> I think you you describe somebody as that he's just a guy or whatever. I don't remember who it was. <laughs> so he's asking if you just say he's just a dude for now on. Okay, that works. Agreed. <laughs> it's a fair request. Um, Jamie and Candace Palmer. I think we need to go get a backup deep threat. I was a big Foles fan, but Wentz has so much higher of a ceiling. Plus, Foles got hurt this year. Keep up the great work, guys. A couple that comments together stays together. Uh, yeah, no kidding. I respect that. Abraham Justice. It has a photo of Abraham Lincoln with sunglasses on here. Uh, Aguilar does not stink. He has mental issues, and when he tries too hard, his rhythm is lost. He had completely overcome this, but now he's in a contract year, and he's pushing again too hard. Well, I disagree with that. I, I don't know if mental issues. Yeah, it's a little but, extreme, yeah. but no, I think what he means is like he the way he did. Mistakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the way he did uh, his rookie year and all that. Uh, this is this is one I was telling you about about the your Stefan Diggs proposal. Daniel Tim says, "Damn, reaching, aren't you? You say Nelson and third for Diggs. He, meaning me." Says there's no way the Vikings will go for that. I agree. Then you try to make sense of it by saying you think Diggs is highly overrated. LOL. Ah, so let me understand your logic. Let's give up wide receiver and a third for someone highly overrated. Hmm. I mean, he's highly <laughs> overrated from a standpoint of people think he's like an all-pro wide receiver. He's not. He's never even made a Pro Bowl. But uh, I, I don't think the value of a trade for him would be that extreme is all I'm saying. Just, but more than what you said. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's fair. I, you know, I'll admit to that. Roadrunner says Cleveland is willing to trade OBJ. So how we go get him and Harris from Denver? Let's go on this run. And just a light, go get an elite corner and the best, one of the top five best receivers in the NFL. <laughs> I don't think Odell Beckham's going anywhere, guys. Holy tomatoes! Again, uh, yeah, repeat, repeat commenters. Hello, fellow birdheads. What do you think about the Eagles sending Big V and Nelson to the Browns for Odell? The Browns do need O-line help. Do you think the Browns will shop him? If the Eagles don't get him, I think he'll get traded to the Patriots. Is there like a story about him being on the block or something? Uh, I don't know. I think people are think he's just frustrated because yeah. they target him as the... Like, yeah. What I thought was weird the other night, I, I don't want to go off on a tangent, but like they got him involved as a runner. Yeah. And, suddenly, and a passer. He threw the ball too. Right. And so ESPN's commentators are like... Or was it NBC? No, it was ESPN, right? Because it's Monday Night Football. Yeah. They're like, man, good for the the Browns for getting Odell Beckham Jr. involved in the in the game. What do you mean? The guy's yeah, like one of the top five wide receivers in the league. Yeah, Freddie Kitchens, such a bad coach. Oh it's man, unreal. that was such a terrible. All right, like, last comment, then we'll get out of here. Cook is scary, but they're online versus the Eagles D line. We should win that battle. Thielen is going to be a problem. My thought is Razul with help over the top. I agree. Um, linebackers have to play smart to cover the middle of the field and the flats in case Cook gets free. 
I think the Vikings D is overrated. The Giants showed that they can move the ball against them, and their O-line sucks. Overall, Eagles win 31-21. All right. I like that. That's a good comment. All right, so uh, leave your guys. I'll remember that prediction for Sunday in case he gets it right. Uh, Leave some more predictions for Sunday, score, or whatever else you have in mind. And, uh, yeah, thanks for listening, guys.